It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for Lax Class 224. We've done 223 of these things. We're going to do another one right now, and we appreciate you listening to it. It's Jake Elliott. It's Santino Farah with you, as always, here, and great program lined up. As uh, BC is covered in snow right now, Tino, but that's not stopping the podcast here. Welcome back to Wax Class. How's it going? It's good, man. Yeah, it's, it's funny listening to uh, last week's episode. You met, you brought up the snow, mm. and I said to you, like, let's not talk about that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be sad about it. And then, of course, we're recording today, and we just got dumped on, and. Guess who's sad about it? This guy. <laughs> well, it affects you and your daily commute and your job and all that sort of stuff. But you know I, what? I don't like. I don't even have an issue driving in the snow. Me either. But it's it's everybody else yeah. that just drives like an idiot the second there's any little bit of dandruff coming from this guy, and they it's like they forget all the rules. And I get it. Go slower for sure. Go slower than than give yourself more room and stuff, but. It's the people that it's like they're surprised by red lights. Oh, they're panic stricken. It just, yeah, it's not good. It's, it's stupid, it's man. Stupid. I actually enjoy driving, driving in the snow a little bit. I think it's kind of fun. From time okay. To time. You're a psycho. Then. But I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm more concerned about, I'm supposed to enter into a disc golf tournament this weekend out there at Cultus Lake Tino and, uh, weather not cooperating here. I need, uh, Need a little rain, need a little sunshine, and uh, melt that thing down a little bit so we're not uh, playing. Which you can do, but it's not ideal. So you, uh, you have to turn that into some content, I think. I don't know if any of the lax classmates have ever seen any uh, any disc golf from mm. uh, from you. Maybe uh, well, uh, you should turn that the, into something. Like I said, they just had the tour, the first uh, stop on tour over the weekend down there in Las Vegas. Wasn't exactly ideal conditions down there either. They got through it. Calvin Heinberg is your two-time champion of uh, the Las Vegas Open, Tino, just in case you're wondering about that. I was. Thank you. They're off to Waco, Texas uh, next week, so stay tuned. Uh, Odds will be up for that on CoolBet, by the way, Uh, one of our proud sponsors here on Lax Class. So if uh, you want to dabble in that, you can do that. People, we we got a great program here. Ryan Lee, who made his comeback uh, for the Colorado Mammoth, last weekend and did it in successful brilliant fashion for leaser will join us in quarter number two as the long road back to the loud house has uh, finally hit the end of the road here and he's back out on the turf it was great to see ryan lee playing lacrosse again and we'll talk to him about it all in quarter two lax class locks in quarter three listen we cannot win every single week uh that's just not gonna happen didn't really get the job done. We will try and definitely do better this week here on Last Class Locks in quarter number three. Massive, massive week 14 coming up in the National Lacrosse League. A huge slate of games. 
this week right here could really be the make it or break it for a lot of people in, in the race for the grand champion of 2023, who you got. So we'll uh, go through the games in quarter number four, and we'll go through the games here in quarter number one as well as uh, it was tough <laughs> Tough week again for yours truly in the old who you got standings. You know, I don't know how you fared, but uh, it was awful. Yeah, it was not pretty. Man, if you had a parlay down for the Warriors, the Swarm, and the Desert Dogs, you would have you would have been ready to retire right now. Whatever that <laughs> thing was paying, uh, some crazy. Outcomes in in this last week of NLL Week 13. Let's dive into it here, Tina, with the week that was who we had. And what did we have? We had, uh, when did this get going here? I'm lost already. Colorado and Panther City kicked off the weekend. And I hate to say it, man. I had I picked Colorado in, in who he got last week when we recorded the pod. But then, like, I did that the week before as well, and then I second-guessed myself, and I switched, and I took Panther City. They ended up winning, and right before face-off, I thought, if I don't do this again, I'm going to kick myself. Ah, man, I stuck with my gut. You went with Panther City? I did. I Oh, my I God. I switched it again. Like okay, I have something to say about this. Right. Because, so my pick was Panther City, and I made a whole big thing about it last week. So yeah. I was like, I switched my pick, and I should have just trusted Panther City, and I screwed myself over. And this week, I'm picking them, and I'm, and I'm not switching this time. I'm trusting Panther City. I forgot that it was Colorado's military night. Mm. I saw uh, Ryan Lee's back in the lineup. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I saw those two things, I was like, Colorado's winning. But I made such a point about that, how I'm going to trust Panther City. So I'm like, I, I'm not going to switch. I can't switch this. But I knew there was no way that Colorado was uh, losing that game. Uh, I saw Eli McLaughlin was going to be out. And I thought, how effective is Ryan Lee really going to be coming back after a long injury? And. Anyways, uh, Colorado, full marks uh, to the mammoth here as they get it done at the Loud House. 14-12 over Panther City Lacrosse. And uh, listen, I know Colorado won, and that was a game that they kind of needed to win, and, and they got it done. But how about it from uh, Nikki Damood, Tino, the goalie goal. Uh, unbelievable here. And did you see the stat that Graham Perro put out? Congrats on being uh, January or February's cool bet winner there, Graham. I know you're excited about that. But something out since 2005, I got to pull this thing up. But it is crazy, the this, this stat about scoring on a penalty shot and getting a goalie goal in the same game. Panther City did both of those things. Crawford scored the first goal of the game on a penalty shot. And then Damood scores in that game as a goaltender, and they lose. And that hadn't happened, like, in forever, since, like, 20, 2005, but maybe even before, except it happened the week before between the Riptide and the Halifax Thunderbirds. I've forgotten about that. Crazy, man. Like, the, I got to pull this thing up, but... Damon looked like he knew what he was doing. 
Yeah, this was a battle between both goalies. Both Ward and Damood looked unreal. And this was a huge game, like in turn in terms of uh standings and and playoff position kind of implications kind of thing. We saw things starting to boil over at the end of I mean these two teams played each other a week prior to this and we saw things like some bad blood starting to boil over there at the end of the game and it definitely carried over into the start of this one. That's how we ended up with the penalty shot goal. We had just a ton of penalties right off the bat and it seemed like a situation where Panther city was kind of putting themselves in a power position by not really retaliating too much and letting Colorado just let their emotions do most of the talking for them. But once the adrenaline of this packed barn and the adrenaline of Ryan Lee being inserted back into the lineup for the first time since, since last summer, last spring, um, once that adrenaline kind of wore off, I thought Colorado really settled in, but this was, man, I tweeted it out. I want, I want like a seven game series between these two teams. And I don't think we have like, we don't really have that many overly heated rivalries in the league right now. Like, of course there's certain teams that don't like each other. We, we heard Jimmy Quinlan talking about how he hates Vancouver for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> probably, but probably not feeling any differently after this week. Yeah, no kidding. But we don't really have any like, violently hated rivalries. And I'm not saying I want guys to go out there and kill each other, but this makes for incredibly entertaining lacrosse. And that was a playoff atmosphere in ball arena. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think those are two pretty evenly team match teams as well. Okay. Here, here it is. I just want to get this out since 2005. There have been eight games where a team has scored an empty netter and lost. There has been 38 games where a team has scored a penalty shot and lost. There hasn't been a game where a team has done both and still lost until that is the Riptide lost to the Thunderbirds last weekend and PCLC lost to the Mammoth last night. So that's wild. That looks <laughs> like that is a stat right there. So Mammoth, uh, get it done. They get a little revenge there over Panther City. And uh, like I said, that was a win that they needed and they got. With two T's as uh, we'll move it along down there to Las Vegas. And I don't know how many people, I didn't really check the standings or the picks here, Tino, but I don't know how many people were picking Vegas in this game against Calgary. Yeah, I know they're coming off the win against Albany, and that was pretty impressive. But they were coming up against a hot, rough next team. And I know it was at home here, but... Six one out of the shoot here for Vegas. Calgary turns the trick on them in the second quarter. We're even at halftime, but man, oh man, did Vegas ever lock it down in the third quarter? And they only allow two in the fourth. They go away winning this one 11 9. And look out for the Desert Ducks here all of a sudden, who have kind of put themselves in the conversation. Yeah, and a huge shout out to Marshall King uh, back in the lineup too. He looked really good. Uh, always cool when you. I mean, I don't know how often you get to see it, but to see two brothers on opposite teams going up against each other, that's, well, there that's was pretty a, cool. To- there was a really big chance to have even more, right? The neither Cornwall brother played. The Courier brothers, of course, played together, and then you had the King boys playing against each other as well. So it was uh, it was pretty cool, cool scene to see three sets, and I think there was actually a fourth. If I'm, I'm not. Reinhold? No. Uh, Reinhold. Yeah, they're both there. The Reinhold brothers are both in Vegas now. So there was four sets of brothers potentially could have been playing in that game. Unfortunately, the Cornwall brothers were both out for their respective teams. 
wild. If I want to hear your honest take on this, because with this win now, Vegas is sitting at four and five. Mm. I, I want your honest take on this. If at the beginning of the season, someone gave you like an over under on Vegas wins this season, I can't make I don't know if, if we had set the number at like five, like, like coming into the season, how many wins were you honestly expecting Vegas to get? Cause I wasn't, especially the way they looked in the very early stages, I wouldn't have really guessed that they'd be a four already. No. I don't know. This seems like a team to me that needs to go through some growing pains and, and assert themselves a little bit more landing Kells had with another incredible game. But did, in your honest opinion, did you honestly think they'd be a four wins already? No, not even already, maybe for the entire season. Quite yeah, frankly. totally. Uh, you know, I would probably put that at four, like that was going to be the, the total for over under. And I think you got to start looking at, at Sean Williams and, and probably Rob Williams here a little bit and what they have done with what they have in front of them. And I would say Landon Kells is ahead of schedule on, on where he, his progression is probably expected to be at this point of his career. I would say Zach Greer has kind of turned back the clock on where he should be at, at this point of his career. And and you're right. Getting Marshall back in the lineup was huge. Hell year looked comfortable. This Jack Hanna kid, you know, oh. he is a special, special player and he is only going to get better. You, like, he doesn't have the, the lifetime of growing up in the summer in Canada playing box across his entire life. I know he's got some some USA boxing and collegiate, you know, the college circuit there. That does not – apples and oranges a little bit, at least at this point, on, on the exposure and the talent and competitiveness and all of it. This guy, the sky is the limit, man. And, and I don't know if we've ever really seen – a player quite like Jack Hanna. Yeah, it's it's super interesting, and it's and it's going to continue to be interesting to watch him as his career progresses. But the other thing that I was thinking about this game, and and uh, Coach Miloski said this after the game as well. Man, did this Calgary team ever miss Tyler Pace in this one? Yeah. I mean, like you can only ask so much out of a guy like Josh Courier who stepped up. I thought, like I thought, for the most part, that right side is is doing everything in their power with with what they have but when you take a guy like Tyler Pace out of the lineup who's been producing as much as he has this season like he's the, he's the guy on that side that is such a uh, such a brutal loss at this point in the yeah, season super dynamic and and really the focal point on that right side and kind of balances the floor out for that roughnecks offense and when you take him out it's you know the focus really turns to Jesse and then a little more pressure gets laid upon Dixon and and on you go, right? So, yeah, they miss Pacer for sure. I don't think Kurt would hang his hat on the fact that's why they lost that game. I just don't think they came came out and, and started on time. You cannot get down 6-1 in a game. Even though they battled back to even it up at halftime, it takes so much focus and energy and, and willpower to get yourself back to that point. Unless you can kind of keep it going and, and get a two- or three-goal lead buffer, it's hard to kind of, you know, climb the mountain and then get over the top of it sort of thing. Calgary just wasn't able to do it. But give full marks to the Las Vegas Desert Dogs who pick up another win and, uh, like I said, have put themselves in the conversation. Something to converse about here, Santino, is the second longest game in National Lacrosse League history is uh, the one I called back in 2012 between the Edmonton Rush and Minnesota Swarm gets pushed down another rung to third place now as Ryan Binesh, the hero in that one. 
But this was a heck of a lacrosse game, start to finish here between the Riptide and the Nighthawks. Back and forth it went, right down to the bitter end. And then the overtime, like this was one of the, the best NLL games I've ever seen. Never mind the longest or, you know, the, the overtime. This was just a fantastic game, start to finish here between the Riptide and the Nighthawks. And then overtime was was off the charts. I I don't think I've ever seen an overtime like that in the NLL. I when I got home from work today, actually, the, I wanted to brush up on a couple of the games from over the weekend, like just remind myself how some of them went. And I wanted to I rewatched the fourth quarter of this one and the overtime. Mm. And man, both Hartley and Orleman. Oh, my goodness. Steve. Especially Orleman yeah. was un. I mean, Hartley had some clutch saves in overtime. It's so funny, like watching Hartley make these saves, because even if it's a simple one, it usually looks pretty incredible just because of the way that he moves. Yeah. But regardless of that, Hartley had some some pretty incredible saves, especially in overtime. But Steve Orleman, who has taken a ton of criticism, man, even from us in the past handful of weeks throughout the season, Steve Orleman looked so solid in the fourth quarter. I mean, throughout the game, but especially the fourth quarter and this overtime and how many fast break opportunities, even when these guys were exhausted, this Rochester team, how many fast break opportunities did they have in overtime? They had a handful of breakaways. Ryland Reese had one that, that Orleman got his shoulder up on. Rochester could have ended this game so many times in overtime if it wasn't for Steve Orleman just standing on his head throughout the late stages. And I mean, just like full credit to everybody on both sides here because those guys looked just bagged. Like their oh. legs looked so heavy. <laughs> watching, empty, I sure. mean, there was a couple times where I was watching, like, uh, like, um, uh, Paul Dawson get up or a couple oh, guys even Ryland about the Reese. breakaway from the big fella too yeah Let's no kidding but there, there was a couple times in overtime where I was watching even a guy like Ryland Reese and we all know how athletic of a guy he is get up after a defensive shift and it takes him like four seconds to get up because all of a sudden the legs are so heavy at this point so like full credit to everybody but yeah, what an effort there by Steve Orleman in, in a losing effort, yeah, unfortunately. And, for you him. know, unfortunately for the Riptide, that's back to back. You think about week 12 and the one goal loss to Halifax in kind of similar fashion, right? 13 12, I think the final in that one. They're right there with with Halifax. And, you know, they, they got to go on the road for that. Then they got to go on the road to Rochester and back to back really good teams. And they're right there, the Riptide. And when they get goaltending out of Steve Orleman like that, Riptide can be a, a dangerous lacrosse team and, you know, right there, right? Just a goal, shot, save, you're, you're one away sort of thing. And, and wins will start to come for the Riptide. I, if Orleman's going to play like that down the stretch here, wins will come. Where they may not come, Tino, is to upstate New York in, in Albany. I think that's upstate New York. I'm not sure. Shouldn't, shouldn't say, say confidently. Yeah, say confidently. <laughs> but how about the team from down south? I know that much in the Georgia Swarm. We are talking about this. How this team, their record not really reflective of how good this team was, and they had a real tough schedule to start. But holy cow, uh, twenty spot here from Georgia, and they hold Albany to four. This. Yeah, you could probably pull out a bunch of adjectives or superlatives you want here, but this was complete domination from start to finish. 
Yeah, in, in pretty much every statistical category, including penalty minutes. Georgia had 36 penalty minutes to wow. Albany's 14. Yeah. Interesting that uh, Justin Getty got the start in this game. I know, obviously. Yeah. I know, obviously, Albany's goaltending situation, like Dougie, hasn't exactly looked like himself for a lot of this season. Maybe they're just trying to see a little bit more of Justin Getty, trying to get him some more some more minutes and stuff. Like, what was your take on that? On on Justin Getty getting the start in this game? I kind of felt like it was a, a message sender to Dougie a little bit, but or maybe his team. I don't know. I'd have to ask Glenn that, and he'd probably give me a straight answer if I did. But you know, I I don't think he can hang this on on Doug Jamison or the defense. Um, Listen, we talked about it off the top. All the moves, the you know, Panesh and Rez and Callum and Rue, and it's gone on and on. Q, they're just decimated offensively. They're going to get three first-round picks into their lineup next year and then more coming after that. And I think the revamp, this is going to be a quick turnaround offensively here for Albany. And the pieces that they have, like the, the Tanner Thompsons and the Ethan Walkers, they're they're getting some valuable experience right now. But they just, it's like my buddy Eric Delarocco said in his email that he, they sent to me the other day, they just don't have somebody that's the guy, the, the big dog, the alpha male. You kind of need that in the NLL, right? You need the, not one, most of the time you need two. And it's just not there for Albany right now. And and the it's, like I said, the, the scores are going to start to reflect that here a little bit. And crazily enough, these two teams play again this weekend. Lyle Thompson with a 12 spot. <laughs> what do you have? I mean, that, that's pretty good for, for uh, Lyle Thompson there. So, Do you think we could, not, not to continue to like harp on the goaltending situation, but do you think that we could see a Doug Jamison trade come trade deadline time? Yeah, you know, it de- I I think maybe that might be the other thing, right? Is maybe they want to addition Getty a little bit and see. Like, if we do decide we want to move Dougie, and if he goes, I think it could be a bit of a carousel. Like, I, I think we could see one goalie move to one team, another goalie move to another team, and even another goalie move to another team if, if that type of deal goes down. Like, I think if Dougie goes anywhere, it's going to be to Halifax. And then what do you do with Warren Hill? And then, you know, is, is Frank Shiliano in that conversation as well? And we'll see. But maybe that was part of it too, right? Let's see what Justin Getty can do in a starter's role. And does that make us more confident in making a deal for Dougie? Because you're going to get a good return on him if you decide to deal him. But do you want to do that? Like trade away a, a bona fide number one goaltender in this league. They don't and young, right? Like he's not even in his prime yet. I don't know if you want to make that move. I don't know. Maybe I I, I could sit here and speculate for the next thirty minutes on on what's going on or what people are thinking. Truth is, I don't know, right? I don't know what Glenn's thinking. I don't know how Dougie's feeling. I don't. Who knows, right? We'll just kind of have to wait and see. And it won't be too long before. We find out as trade deadline, roster freeze, all that is coming up in the next couple of weeks. One more game to go here, Santino. It went down in Saskatchewan, and I I don't know how many people were picking the Warriors in this thing either, but there they are. Vancouver might have played like the perfect lacrosse game in this one, right? And they beat the Rush 16-12, but they never 
They never let Saskatchewan get on any runs, right? They stopped them in their tracks kind of every time that they tried to mount the comeback. Aaron Bold made some real timely saves in this game. He wasn't spectacular. He was good. But it's amazing what a disciplined, full 60-minute effort with solid goaltending will do for a team. As where has this club been all year long? I know Aaron Bold has joined the team late, but man, what a difference he made in this one. And, you know, Ball had a big one, but it was the guys like Charlotte Beatties and Ryan Martell and a bunch of points out of their transition. And they stayed out of the penalty box, which might have been the most important thing of all. You know, there there was some offsetting stuff there, but the minutes don't really reflect. Like, they only took three minors in this game, and that's the recipe for success here for Vancouver. Yeah, I saw th- there was a lot of things from Vancouver that I liked. First, first of all, um, Aaron Bald. I, I know eventually we're going to have him back on the podcast well, yeah, here. But busy week for I, Baldy. Otherwise, he was going to be here. Totally. Need to ask him about that new mask oh, because, so- oh, boy, did that thing look good. Yeah, sure, Man. Sure. Um, in, in one of the interviews, I, I don't remember if it was post-game or if it was kind of um, during the game at some point with, with Ashley Docking, somebody mentioned something about Saskatchewan was getting on a little bit of a run, and then there was a timeout, like a TV timeout, and Aaron Bold coming to the bench to get some water was able to say to the bench, hey, guys, let's relax a little bit here. That may sound like such a simple thing, but... Imagine if that's Aiden Walsh in net, somebody who is a rookie in this league is still looking for some confidence on his own end, probably not in a position himself to a, like feel like he's comfortable to speak up and say something like that to his team, but B to be able to say something like that and have the team listen to him. Aaron bold is, is a winner. He's, he's a champion. He's won it pretty much every level. That's somebody that you listen to when he talks. When when somebody like Aaron Bold is able to go and, and assist in calming the team down when Saskatchewan's going on a bit of a run there, I think that's huge um, for, for a team that's trying to build some some confidence here. And for him, um, like now he can just kind of settle down and relax himself a bit, Tino. Like he's been he's been through the highs and the lows, being the number one, winning a championship, being a backup, being out of the league, being back in the league. Now he's got a real young goaltender in Welsh behind him. He's got a nice win over a former club now, and I think Aaron Bolt can just kind of settle in and feel comfortable and confident about where he is in his life and on this roster, knowing there's not a ton of pressure for him to steal games or be the man. He's just got to play goal, which he's done his entire life. Totally. And my other thought about this game um, – Sean Evans, that was the version of Sean Evans that Vancouver needs him to be for them to be successful, where, yes, he's putting up points, but he's being such a pest in situations where that's necessary. We've seen so many situations and so many games this this, uh, season where he's kind of just doing it out of frustration because they're losing a lot. And he's just going to go sit in the penalty box and, and the other team scores in the power play. This it. This game was a situation where he was doing something to rile up the entire rush team. Like he had guys going after him every single shift when he's running to the bench, whatever it may be. And then he's the one scoring on the power play, or he's the one dishing to Keegan ball to score on the power play. And you know that the pest is doing their job 
when you see the other team's fan base on Twitter so frustrated about this guy's performance. That is when a pest is doing their job. <laughs> and you're right. Like, I, I don't know. Like, he scored, like, the 15-11 goal or something and up to the glass with a big fist pump. Like, he still <laughs> he still loves scoring goals and, and wreaking havoc out there. And, and when he plays like that, he's still super effective. Like, he's he's got some time ahead of him still. So, uh, Vancouver finally breaks the, the, the losing streak. And, uh, man, what a crazy weekend. Like I said, Georgia, Vegas, Vancouver, all pick up wins. Riptide were right there with Rochester. It could have gone either way uh, in, in many of these games, and that's what you love about the National Lacrosse League. The other thing I love, Tino, is heading for the Stampede Stables. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like a little bit like a cat almost. <laughs> All right, I had a big one last week. Let's see if I can match it here. Here we go. Nay, nay, nay. How was that? Pretty good. That was actually uh, you. Yeah, I could tell that you put some serious effort into. Repetition, baby. Um, Repetition. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Uh, <laughs> we forgot. Well, I forgot, Tino, to mention. This week's winner of Stampede Tax, who you got, since we're heading for the stable here, brought to you by Stampede Tax and Western Wear. It's a perfect time to let you know who won Stampede Tax, who you got week number 13. And it's none other than my buddy, Charlie Chucky Graham from St. Albert. The Rams, the mighty Rams. And uh, Charlie already came through. He actually posted a video to me, Tino, of him making a save at practice, turning the old goal stick around, riding it like a hobby horse as his dad was recording and, and gave me the horse noise on the, on the flyby. I had to trim it up a little bit because there was balls smashing off the boards and what have you. But uh, already sent the horse noise. Charlie gets it done, beats his dad, and uh, he's strutting around the, the Graham house right now. Like, uh, like he's all that right now. So prize pack is on its way to... To St. Albert, congratulations to my buddy Charlie, who I actually got a, a chance to meet in uh, in Edmonton at the President's Cup uh, over the last summer. So that was kind of neat to, to see him get it done and uh, happy to see it. So congrats to Charlie and uh, Stampede Stallions of the Week, Tino, brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, the Blundstones, the CSA Work Approved, the Ariats, the Work Hogs. Actually, Threw my Blundstones on the other night, you know. I got a phone call or I got a text saying somebody had found one of my lost discs up at Monday Park. Oh. And, you know, it was like twilight. It was st- starting to get dark and it was, you know, all the snow was up there. And he said, oh, I just tucked it under, you know, I, I left it here. And he kind of shot me a video of like where he buried it. And I was like, oh, man, like I, I saw it and I was like, that's one of my favorite discs. I got to go get that thing. Like, oh, man. So I. 
you know, pull down the sweats, pull down the blunt stones, and then walk through like a foot of snow, you know, from the parking lot to the, and uh, only to get there to pull out the disc and realize it was not the disc that I thought it was. It was a disc that I had, <laughs> I had given away to somebody about six months ago that I could have cared less about. Point being, the Blundstones got me through the treacherous conditions of Monday Park there in the snow. You should get yourself a pair. Blundstones, they got them at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Stampede.ca, where shopping online, is still shopping local. They work. They work in the snow. Feet were warm, dry. It was great. Uh, Stampede Stallion of the Week, Santino. There's so many good options this week, um, and... Like I seem to always do, I'm giving it to someone in a losing effort. Oh, you so gotta like, stop doing this. And hey, I well, patches, you, know you better stop approving this as well. That's what I was just gonna say. We're gonna have to see if I get the patches stamp of approval. But I don't think you're gonna hate this pick, and you probably could have guessed this is who I'm gonna go with. Steve Orleman, yeah, man. Yeah. Just 53 saves and like you mentioned, the timeliness of these saves and so many of them, so many of them coming in overtime. New York could have easily won this game. And if they did, it would have been on the back of Steve Oilerman. He, he deserved a victory. Unfortunately for him and his teammates, Rochester just deserved it a little bit more, but yeah, Steve Oilerman, 53 saves. He's my stallion. Okay. Well, I'm going to just stay in the same game then and make this real easy for you. And I, I think this guy night in and night out, epitomizes what the Stampede Stallion, the real essence, the the genesis of it all, Tino, what, what we kind of created the Stampede Stallion for in, in the very beginning. Bradley Gillies. Three goals in this one for the transition speedster, but overtime winner as well. Goes along with five loose balls, couple of cause turnovers as well but just clutched up when it mattered most here for the Nighthawks. And uh, Brad Gillies, maybe the fastest of the Gillies boys, uh, wins this week's Stampede Stallion from yours truly. He, have, you ever he seen the street, have you seen the street races that, that the Gillies boys do from time to time? No, I definitely uh, they get all They get uh, all juiced up, you know, the 2 o'clock on the streets of Mimico or Oakville or wherever they're hanging out. And they, they go out in the street barefoot and they just like have a hundred meter dash. Oh, barefoot. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely <laughs> it's gotta get those Graham Hoss. I can't shoes remember on. who else is involved in this. Like I think Lomas has done it, McCray's been in on it, Crep and Sec. Like oh my there's God. kind of a clan and, and this is like a, a thing. But Gillies, I, I believe, holds the title right now, and now he's the Stampede Stallion of the Week as well. Well, he certainly didn't. I mean, none of the nobody on the floor that night looked like their fastest selves, but he certainly didn't look like the fastest of of the family uh, when he was on that breakaway there. It looked like he was running with like the parachute on his back. Oh, with how exhausted they were. Got it done. Got <laughs> in there. It was in there. All right, Patches, uh, we need your approval. Thumbs down to Tino. Thumbs up to me. I can only assume uh, if, if you know what you're talking about and thinking about there so uh welcome no i'm just kidding steve orleman deserves a nod into the stable for that performance as well so stevie orleman and bradley gillis welcome inside the stable you were this week's gillies did i say gillis gillies brad gillies uh this week's stampede stallions of the week quarter one is done quarter two is coming up lazy colorado mammoth ryan lee he's next here on lax class 
This is Cooper Perkins, voice of the San Diego Seals. You're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we're into quarter number two here on EP224. Quarter number two, as always, brought to you by the good folks at Rycor Construction. Just got a follow from uh, young Joshy Mills on, on Twitter the other day. Uh, son of Rye of Rycor Construction, where they make it stand out. They do it on Instagram and Facebook if you want to see their fine work at Rycor Construction, Inc. Or you can head to their website at www.rycorconstruction.ca. Family-owned kitchens, bathrooms, floorings, and decks. Over 15 years of experience in the construction industry. Quality craftsmanship and exceptional client experience. Rycor Construction, they make it stand out. And it's the perfect segue always, Tino, into quarter number two when we introduce our guest. Because this guy was standing out at the Loud House Ball Arena on Saturday night as his Colorado Mammoth took down the Panthers City Lacrosse Club. And I gotta say, this one kind of kept or caught me off guard a little bit. I wasn't expecting it, but all of a sudden, there he was, Ryan Lee, back into the lineup. Leezer, we haven't done this since this show was stealth classified way back in the day. Welcome back to Lax Class, though, man, and welcome back to the National Lacrosse League. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to have you, man. And I imagine uh, pretty great for you to step back out on the turf. Been a long time coming, my friend. Uh, Did. Do you have the number of days it was between games that you played? It was uh, it was one day less than nine months. <laughs> it's amazing to me that, like, I always know that guys are going to know that answer. Like, when they <laughs> have a serious injury like that, that they're going to have a, what, nine months, man. Okay, well, I don't know if you need to walk me through every single day of, of that nine-month rehab, Ryan, but... You know, maybe from from the time that you went down, how long was it before you got surgery? And then kind of how long before you started doing stuff to how long before you started to feel good and get the itch to get back on the turf? It's, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the day that I did the injury. It was the, the San Diego first game. It was May 12th or 14th or something. Um, and then I got surgery really quick after May 25th. Essentially, they had to wait for swelling to go down. Um the nine months sucked. <laughs> I'm sure you can ask any person who's had surgery that it's horrible, but you know, it's, it was, uh, it's, it's a pretty eye-opening process for how much the body matters and, and how much you have to take care of it. I've, I've never been a huge stretch guy. I've, I've never, like I go to the gym, but I've never been crazy about working out. But I mean, this whole process has been, it's been insane. And it's, it's like, you actually realize uh, how much your body matters and, and how much you need your legs. <laughs> the temple, right? It's the temple. And exactly. I think as you get older, Ryan, this will become more and more apparent to you as the years tick along as well. That's, that's what I'm scared of. I'm 28 years old with double knee surgery. I'm, uh, I'm a little worried for the years to come. I, it must be such a, such a crazy perspective for you to have watched your team go on such a run like they did last year and maybe a little bittersweet because you have to be so amped that you guys won the ultimate trophy. But on the other hand, you have to be a little disappointed that you're, that you're out of the lineup. What was it like to a, I mean, see your team win a championship, but what were the emotions like having to be on the sidelines the whole time? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, uh, the fact that I go down and then Eli goes down and we we still come out on top is it, it's awesome. I mean, we we had the next man up mentality the whole playoffs and and that's all we talked about in the locker room was who's up, who's up, who's going to score the goals. So it's uh, it, don't get me wrong, it was horrible watching from the press box. Uh, the first 
the San Diego series in the first couple, the first game of Buffalo, I couldn't even travel because it was right after surgery. Um, it, it sucked. It was, it was hard. It's hard to watch. It's, it's hard to not be out there and help your team. But I mean, it's at the end of the day, you, when you get into sports, you preach family. So it's, uh, everyone stuck together and, and they got it done. And it's, it's, uh, it's a great feeling. Well, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and dwell on the injury, Ryan, because we want to talk about you being back and everything, but man, like, you know, I've, I've gone through some stuff too. And, and I know how hard it is to not only you know, stay positive and be a good teammate. But then when you're away from that, not to kind of look at yourself and think, oh man, like this, like, you know, how long is this going to be? And feel sorry for yourself a little bit. As much as it is a a, a physical grind to go through the rehab and get yourself back to to game ready, it's just as big of a mental grind to kind of get past those hurdles as well, right? Yeah, for sure. I would would say, I would say mental is bigger than physical in this. It was like one day was a step forward and the next day's two steps back. Like it, it'd be random pains that I'm getting. And it's like, what's going on here? Why is this happening? I mean, you, you fix my knee. Why am I still getting pain? But it's uh, it, the mental side of it is you you really have to stay positive and, and know that it's going to get better at some point. It's just, it's not just a sprained ankle or a, a, a sore wrist or something. It's, it's nine months of recovering and, and dedication and every day. So doing something to try to get better. Um, okay. Well now fast forward to present day. Uh, well, I guess not present day, present day minus a week. Uh, you find yourself back in the lineup. There's gotta be so many emotions going into it. I'm sure adrenaline was a ton of it. I mean, you were ended up in the penalty box pretty quick into the game too, but (laughs) maybe just talk about the, the emotions getting back into game action for the first time. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty intense. I mean, being able to do like the whole week, being able to do the whole weekend again with the guys shoot around, uh, the practice the night before it was like, it, it was so awesome to be back. I mean, emotions were so high and adrenaline's running and it's like, it's, it's almost like your first lacrosse game again. It's, it's, it's like, what's going on here? What's I forgot how to put my gear on. It was, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, getting back out there was, was amazing. It was, it's it was a long time coming and I, I couldn't wait I, ever since the surgery I kind of had the the February 24th uh, game marked on my calendar because everyone talked about nine months is kind of the expectation of when stuff is is good again so I knew that was nine months out and I was I was the week before was was intense <laughs> did they was there a part of you that wanted to come back a little sooner than that and they kind of said no no like let's take our time with this like because it seemed like a really long time but I know it like it, it almost seemed longer than nine months to me I'm probably sure it seemed like longer to you but like was there any trepidation from you or when like was there a moment in the game where you're like okay like I'm good I can do this yeah, I mean, I, I would love to say I would have started the, the season on the active, but um, yeah, I, I had some issues through it. I had to get another surgery, like a minor surgery done in November that kind of set it back a bit more. So I, I had an idea of how long it was going to take and it's, it is what it is. I mean, I, I wanted to get there, there as soon as possible, but it's, it's more of a timing thing. I, I would love to say I could have been back sooner, but um, like even it's still sore. Like, I think it's going to be sore for a while. It's, yeah. it's still yeah, it's like a year and then probably another year after that before yeah. you're, yeah. So, but yeah. I mean, shit, man, like two goals, eight, 10 points in your return. <laughs> and, and, you know, like there you were diving across the crease, like, uh, like it had never happened again, man. That, that had to feel pretty electric, uh, you know, knowing that you still had the quick step underneath and, and there you are putting up double digit points in, in your first game back. 
Yeah, I, I, I can't say I was expecting that. <laughs> I was, uh, I was, I was hoping I'd get a few points, but ten points was, uh, was far beyond my expectation. But, I mean, once I got out there in the first whistle, it just it felt, it came back so quick. It felt normal. It felt like I didn't miss any time. It was, it was like where we left off. So. It was uh, it was nice, yeah. Ten po- I was not expecting ten points. Well, I, I can tell you, you know, I got I got your number off of C Rob yesterday, and and man, he's like, I said, yeah, I want to have Ryan. He goes, oh man, I'm so happy you're doing that. He deserves it. I'm so happy he's back. So I can tell you, Connor Robinson's pretty damn happy that you're back in the lineup. Yeah, I get to pass him the ball and get more assists. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was gonna say after you said you have ten points in one game, you have to rub that in some of the D guys' face or some of the transition guys that that uh, have a little <laughs> less than that. One game back, you're already there. Um, but your first game back, you you find yourself now all of a sudden in this out of nowhere heated rivalry. It seems like with with Panther City. I mean, I'm sure that also has to heighten the emotions a little bit as well with how things boiled over the previous game and then how this game started. But what's it like finding yourself in a rivalry like that kind of out of nowhere? Uh, I mean, we definitely weren't expecting it with them, but uh, to win the first game of the series and then to lose in Panther city the week before. And, and it, it got, it, I don't know if you guys watched it, it got chippy at the end. Oh yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it pissed the guys off. So, I mean, to be able to come back for that game and, and get a win, it was, it, it was great. It felt good. Well, yeah, I mean, another rivalry that you guys have clearly established is the one against the Calgary Roughnecks, and that's going to be your your next opponent. And I think you're going on the road to do it, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to double check my facts on it. Oh, you are at home. You are at home. But I was going to kind of ask you, like, you know, making your return like that and doing it at home in Colorado. I mean, the fan base has always been great there in, in Denver, but in particular this season, I really feel like that crowd has been out for every single game and, and they were out in full force for military night as well. I imagine that has to give you a little boost of adrenaline when you step onto the turf as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I wanted my first game back to be at home. I mean, playing in front of these fans, it's, I might be biased, but when people ask me the best arena to play at, it's, it's obviously Colorado. It's so much fun. The fans are engaged. They, they, you, you, you grow personal relationships with some of them and it's, it's awesome. So it's, to get back in front of the home fan for the first game was uh, that was a good time. And then Tino, I don't know if you know this, but like at Ball Arena, the the bar, the like the post game bar, like literally, you walk out of the Mammoth dressing room, take a hard left, and you're into the bar. It's unbelievable. It's <laughs> underground on the concourse of the arena, like it's in this like the wooden lodge. Like it's a pretty cool spot. At least are like I can't remember yeah. the name of it, but it's sweet. It's uh yeah it's it's a good, it's called Breckenridge. It's a good spot. They they've been closing down early recently, so it's it's been tough to get in there. I mean, with with getting undressed and doing ice and everything, it's you only get in there for a couple beers, but you do get to interact with the fans, and they're they're always uh, a few beers deep and fired up to see. I'll, I'll have a word with Mr. Cronky and uh, get the, <laughs> yes, the hours extended not, a little bit. <laughs> um. I kind of want to tie this like the the mammoth in with the avalanche here for a second because it's such a weirdly unique situation in that you guys are both teams that are coming off of a championship win. You guys are both teams that have been just decimated with injuries throughout the entire NHL and NLL season. And now you guys are both starting to hit your stride and getting guys back into the lineup. Um, now, I guess tying that more just to the mammoth. I mean, obviously you're going to like your chances heading closer and closer towards the, the postseason. but currently you guys are on the outside looking in now that you guys are starting to get guys back in the lineup. I'm not sure what the status is with Eli, but 
but how do you like your chances as the season progresses here? I like him a lot. You know, we did the exact same thing last year. We we kind of sucked the first half of the season, and then we came out of nowhere in the second half. Uh, Eli, hopefully he's back next game, if not the game after. And with having a full offense back, I don't know when Dutchie's going to be back. But once we're all together again, it's it's going to be uh, – we should be a scary offense. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully follow the abs this year and we can win again and, and do, do another parade with them. <laughs> yeah, that looked uh, looked pretty wild. I, I mean, as we speak here with Ryan Lee, and I don't know if that's part of Pat Coyle's master plan. Like, I'm sure you guys would like to, to win more games and put yourself in a good position coming down the stretch. But I'd also think he kind of feels like it's not really about the regular season for the Mammoth. It's more about setting yourself up to peak and, and play your best lacrosse when it matters the most going into the postseason. Yeah. He's, he, he kind of always talks about play how you want to play at the end of the season and where you want to end up. Um, he's, I mean, easily the best coach I've had. He's amazing, but he's, he's, uh, he obviously wants to do well in the, in the regular season, but as long as we get in the postseason, I think we all trust ourselves and we we trust the group we have. And the coaching staff is amazing. We, every, every guy respects the coaches and listens to them and knows that the schemes that they're putting in are going to work. So um, as long as we can keep up what we're doing right now, we're, we're, uh, we should be in good shape. Um, I want to ask you what it's like to play with, with a guy like Zed Williams, especially on your side of the floor. And, and it's another kind of almost like good news, bad news situation with how last year was, because although again, it sucks that you had to go out with injury in the playoffs, it, it really became Zed's opportunity to, to really shine. And the combination between him and Connor Robinson on the other side, I think those two guys are two of the best distant shooters in the league and with i mean eli went down in last year's finals as well so that was another opportunity for c rob to shine so i i guess just what's it like to play specifically with zed williams on on the same side of the floor he's awesome zed's an amazing guy uh, i don't know if you guys have ever talked to him but he's he's like the quietest most humble guy you'll ever talk to but once he gets on the floor he, he turns into a different beast and he's like he's an animal out there he's, he's so fun to play with i mean he's He's throwing around his weight. He, he weighs a few more pounds than me, so he, he's, good at, he's good at setting the picks, and, and he's amazing at getting up. He's a lot of fun to work with, and the two-man game with him is it's awesome. Uh, a couple more minutes here with Ryan Lee, and, and I mentioned you got uh, by this week, but Calgary coming to town in, in a couple, and, and that rivalry is, is as heated as ever. What, you know, what makes that rivalry so heated between the Roughnecks and the Mammoth, do you think? I think it's uh, – I mean – since I've been on the team in 2018, we've had, we've, we lost them like three times in the, in the playoffs to end our season. So that's, that is where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it began. And it's, it's just like always, uh, we're always two really good teams that battle really good against each other. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's Delbs versus Wardo, two of the best goalies in the league. And it's, uh, it's, it's always a fun match with them. And, I think after beating them in the playoffs last year in that first game, it's, it's kind of grown this year. And it's like, that's the one team you mark on your calendar that you're excited to play. Yeah. I mean, if both teams have a little bit of playoff success against each other, that's really how rivalries are born and not to look too far ahead here, Leaser, but uh, I got to ask you about your summer plans here. I know you were one time rookie of the year here for the Nanaimo Timberman man cup going down in the West. I know there's probably, some PLL aspirations in there as well. And you don't want to look past this mammoth season, but have you thought about what your summer is going to look like? Uh, yeah, I have. I, I don't even know if it's, 
anything's announced yet, but I, I, I'm going to play for the Redwoods. That's the plan. Okay. Again in the PL. Yeah. All right. Roll woods, man. Uh, Hey, Ryan, great to see you back out on the turf. I'm, I'm glad things are, are healthy for you, and and the National Lacrosse League is better for having you in it. So welcome back, and, and thanks for making some time here on Lacrosse Classified for us. Amazing. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you. There is Ryan Lee of the Colorado Mammoth and the PLL Redwoods. You just heard it right here, Tino. Uh, he's going to be a Redwood coming up this summer. But right now, I know the Mammoth. They've been waiting a long time to – to get Leeser back in their lineup. And uh, the kid shows up and throws up a 10 spot in his first game back. Pretty good. Pretty good. I've uh, I've never felt like more of a slob finding out that we're the same age and he's that much more successful than I am. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, man. is a tough one. I don't, one I don't know why ego. you had to go to such a dark place right there, Tino. <laughs> My goodness. There he is, Ryan Lee from RIT. That's, uh, let's take a break here. We'll be back with, uh, we got to take halftime, and then we're back with third quarter action. Lax class locks are coming up. Stick with us. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is NLL Hall of Famer, John Tucker. You're listening to Lax Class on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into second half action, we go here on EP or Lax Class 224. Thanks for hanging with us, classmates. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, big thanks to Associated Labels and Packaging, of course. Uh, Best in the business when it comes to labels and packages. They focus on people. They focus on ethics, and they focus on quality. You put those three things together, you're going to get yourself a great product. By the family-owned company down there in Coquitlam, over 40 years of experience in the label and package industry. Associated LP stands for labelsandpackages.com is where you go for that. Need a label, need a package, Associated Labels and Packaging. Here in quarter three... Lax Class Locks are coming up, but not before I tell you to give us a follow on social media, at Ferretino, at PXP for Sports, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Lax Class on Twitter. Got a Facebook page. We got an email address, lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. And please, 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 five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. That helps our outreach and uh, get this podcast out to more people, gets it bigger, better, and continuing to grow as it does each and every week. We thank you for that. Uh, Tino, it's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. When you write 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare you it's a big luck, all right. Lax Class Locks brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. No money drop on the end of that one there, Tino. As, uh, we missed it again on the parlay, but we got a new parlay for you coming up this week. We'll get to that momentarily. I think I forgot last week to mention the bonus code. Uh, I know we had a couple new people sign up 
over the course of the weekend because they told me so. Uh, using the bonus code LAXCLASS, what that will do for you here, classmates, is if it's your first time deposit with CoolBet, put in the bonus code LAXCLASS before you make your deposit, and CoolBet will match you up to $200 uh, for your first time deposit. Free money courtesy of CoolBet for simply using the bonus code LAXCLASS. One single word. And on top of that, if you do that, and then you make a bet on the National Lacrosse League, and then you tag that bet with a screenshot on Twitter, tagging Lax Class and Cool Bet. You get entered into a draw to win Cool Bet swag, which, Tino, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on here with Patches. I don't know how many times I can publicly shame him here on, on the podcast. And, you know, just a hat or maybe a, <laughs> some sort of T-shirt would be just great. I, I I'll give you my address if you want it patches we just gotta ask for it anyways you can win yourself some cool bet swag and some nll tickets depending on the market that you're in and uh like i said grand perot did that rob josie's been a winner and our february winner here just did this just today i think or maybe it was yesterday but brandon kachuk uh is this week's winner posted up his bet on Twitter, tagging Lax Class and Cool Bet, dropped down a 50 spot on San Diego to beat Las Vegas this weekend, Tino. Ooh. Dropped down 50 on the Seals uh, to win 20. So big time favorite for San Diego, but one bet, 50 bucks on the line uh, for Brandon Kuchet. Well, I mean, he can't lose now because he just won free tickets and some Cool Bet swag if that, in fact, does exist. Uh, which we're still waiting to confirm. So congrats to Brandon. Do that. Tag Cool Bet. Tag Lax Class. Screenshot it. Win tickets. Win swag. And uh, win some money while you're at it here for this week's Lax Class Lock of the Week. Tino, we got it locked in. It's up on the website already. Lacrosse Classified Parlay goes a little something like this. You're screwed, essentially, because you picked the Nighthawks to beat Toronto, and that's just <laughs> wrong. Because the Rock are going to win against the Nighthawks straight up. The Wings and Riptide game is going to go under 26 and a half, uh, especially if Higgy and, and Orleman do their thing. And then I got the Seals and the Desert Dogs game going over 23 and a half. Can you believe that? A three-goal differential in the over-under here uh, in that Riptide and, and Desert Dog game here. So once again, Rock to beat the Nighthawks, under in the Riptide Wings, over in the Desert Dogs, and uh, Seals. You lay down 20 jumbo bucks on that. You're getting a cool bet return of $113. You're welcome. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. And uh, cash it, man, because it's coming home this week. How do you feel about it, Tino? Uh, I feel good about it, um, except for, you know, I'm kind of screwed because I did pick uh, the Nighthawks. But I do need to add, you well, said hedging, at the beginning. You're hedging, Tino. That's, uh, you know, you can win who uh, you, you got said, or lose cool bet, or you can win cool bet and lose who you got. It's, that's fair. Yeah, kind of take my pick, I guess. Uh, but you said at the beginning that uh, the money drop didn't go because we didn't hit. That's not entirely true because not to get you fired up about another topic here, but I did say the Chrome oh. were going to win. Did the, they win uh, the whole thing? Like I they said, won the whole thing in uh, the other league. Oh, so uh, we didn't lose all the bets. No, I all was, right. I Maybe was, you should listen to me more. I was kind of poo-pooing that bet away a little bit too. And, <laughs> 
You're the man, Tino. You're the man. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, congrats to the Chrome, I guess. Uh, big, big championship series win there for the Chrome. Huge. But let's not forget, the first ever professional lacrosse game being played outside happens this weekend. Just so we're all clear on that. Uh, you good for quarter three, Tino? I think we're good. Yes, on sir. Three. All right. Let's uh, snip it right there, and let's move into quarter number four. Your favorite podcast game is coming right up. Wax Class 224, back after this. Hey, this is Wesley Bird from the San Diego Seals. You're listening to Lax Class. And now it's time for another round of Who You Got. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into fourth quarter action we go, which is brought to you by Mitch Jones Real Estate. Cut a little video of, of Mitch Jones in the gym. He's doing these like twisty kind of core workout, like swinging this big bar around. Like I was like, holy cow. You do those, don't you? And no, not not even close to what uh, <laughs> Mitchell was doing. Uh, Mitch Jones, part of the Royal LePage Sterling Realty Company down there in Port Moody on Brew Street. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Mitch, 604-916-6772. 916-6772. If you're looking to get into the real estate market or if you're already there and uh, you've got a place to sell, Mitch Jones is your guy. He'll work just as hard for you in the real estate market as he does on the lacrosse floor. So if you've seen Jonesy get after it on the floor, he's going to do that for you when it comes to buying or selling a home. And he's got, you know, the big brokerage behind him as well, helping you along. And it's a good time to get into the market right now. So give Mitch a call, give him a follow on social media, and uh, you can watch him work out and watch him sell houses, I guess. You can do that too. Where are we, Tino? We're in quarter number four, so it's time to play your favorite podcast game. It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? Who are you? Who, 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 who? I like it. I like it. We're going to work on that a little bit, but that was pretty good. Uh, who you got? Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. We talked a lot about boots. They have all sorts of boots at Stampede Tack. You know that by now. But hop online. Seriously, do this. Stampede.ca and check out all the other things that Stampede Tack and Western Wear has to offer in their store. Did I mention that they're Canada's largest Wrangler dealer? Nobody else can say that except Stampede Tack and Western Wear. They've been out there in Cloverdale since 1966. Out there in the Dale, Highway 10, 180th, where you can hop online at Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still... Shopping local, week 14, Stampede Tack, who you got? It is a massive, massive week 14. This is where the rubber hits the road. And unfortunately, Tino, we both had, well, there's no other word for it, shitty week 13s. Hey, speak um, for yourself. Yours was slightly less <laughs> shitty than mine, finishing one shitty point ahead of me. So uh, you're hosting. Can you could you say that all over again? But can you say it a little bit more positive? Uh, specifically, the part where you say that I did better than you and that I'm hosting. Can you just keep running back and just say it better? 
cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. We're wasting time here. All right. Week 14 starts off Friday night. We have the matchup between the Buffalo Bandits. Chase Fraser back in the lineup. Indeed. Oh, we forgot to mention the Albany trade for Jake Fox, too, uh, back there in quarter number one. So maybe we'll touch on that as we move along here. That's right. The perks of recording a day later. Mm. Huh? There it is. Yeah, well, uh, this is what I'm talking about. That's prime evidence right there. Uh, so the Buffalo Bandits uh, going into Halifax to take on the Thunderbirds. Jake Elliott, who you got? I got I got a hard time picking the winner in this one. Eight and two, Buffalo. I just feel like they are so dinged up right now. I know Fraser's back, but I, I just feel like they're so dinged up. They're eight and two. They can afford a loss here. Halifax is going to be desperate. They're sitting at 500. They need... They need it against the Buffalo Bandits this weekend, Tino. You can hear it in my voice. I hope Halifax is as desperate as I am. So I'm taking the Thunderbirds, but I'm only doing it for a two. Just a two. I was going to say, when you're saying they need it, I was going to say, you might need it more than just a, Just a two. Just a two. Uh, I thought I heard that Josh Byrne might be back. Um, so that certainly helps Buffalo's chances. Yeah. I think the thing that Halifax has going for them is that they're playing this in Halifax, that that barn's going to be rocking on a Friday night. Mm. That being said, give me the bandits for what? a six. Oh. For a six? For a six, baby. Oh. That's right. This heel, is where I separate myself in the standings. Heel away, Halifax. <laughs> heel away. All right, Saturday morning, yeah, eleven thirty Eastern, eight thirty Pacific time. Yeah. People, let's set your alarms here, classmates. You do not want to miss this on the West Coast. Eight thirty Saturday morning. That's right, and it's going to be uh, Philly's first of two games yeah. this weekend. How about this schedule for? Philly? Yeah, not too bad, eh? Uh, <laughs> not New too York. good, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> New York heads down to the Wells Fargo to take on the Wings. Jake Elliott, who you got? This one's tough because I feel like I haven't seen Philly play for a little bit, and and you know my recent memory is seeing this Riptide team lose by a single goal to both Halifax and Rochester. But then I look at their record, and they're two and eight, and is that who they are? But now they're playing the Wings. The Wings are below five hundred, but they're rested and they're at home. And it's a weird start time. So I think I'm just going to go coin here, Tina, because I really don't know who I like in this game. It's going to be my three game, but I'm going to let the coin decide. Heads for home. Tails is for visitors. And it's the Riptide for a three. Riptide three. So is that locked in or are you allowed to switch it? I I might just hide (laughs) the coin so it doesn't see me do it, but... Nothing set in stone here. Let's just say. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'm going with Philly in this one. This is actually my seven pick. Oh, And, God. yeah, I just – I think Higgins is looking good as of late. Mitch Jones in that lineup. The way that Philly played against Buffalo a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, I think they got this one, and I'm pretty confident about it. Uh, a little bit later on Saturday, we have <laughs> – We the are either going to drop like a stone or rise like a phoenix here, team. <laughs> I love that rise like a phoenix. Yeah. Uh, now we got the outdoor game. Uh, Vegas taking on the Seals, the Josiah Bowl. Yes, uh, <laughs> outdoor game here. Yeah, not too, not too shabby. Jake Elliott, who you got? Well, 
you know, the, I was looking a couple of weeks ago. The weather down there in San Diego did not look too promising. Like snow rolled through Vegas and it was windy and snowing in L.A. just a few days ago. But it looks like the extended forecast here, it's going to hold off in San Diego. And, you know, probably be about 20 and high overcast with, with sun. So I, I'm really hoping things go smoothly for this outdoor game, the first ever, first ever outdoor professional lacrosse game. <laughs> you heard about this first ever professional outdoor lacrosse game. This is really exciting. This is history here in professional lacrosse. We're making professional lacrosse history, playing the very first ever professional lacrosse game outdoors. I'm excited about this. You know what? Since it's the first ever professional lacrosse game outdoors, they should they should wear helmets with visors to oh. keep the suns out of it. Somebody should make those. Maybe make longer sticks and bigger nets too. Or, to say, All right, uh, you tell know, me what you got. not to get sidetracked here, <laughs> Tino. But honestly, you know, I, I may burn a bridge or two, and and if I do, so be it. And I I saw your tweet too, like the the blatant disrespect from one Paul Rabel towards the National Lacrosse League in a freaking league that that guy won a championship in back in 2010 with the late, great Chris Hall, who helped mold that guy into the player that he became to just completely disregard, ignore, disrespect, turn your nose up at. I I just do not get the thought process behind it, especially when the financial backing is coming from an owner that owns teams in both of these leagues. Like I just do not get the strategic plan to continually. I don't know what the word is, Tino, just shit on the NLL. I I don't, I don't get it. And it doesn't make any sense to me. It shouldn't like, it probably shouldn't piss me off as much as it does because honestly, I did not watch one single second of that quote, quote, championship series this past weekend through the PLL. I didn't do it. And that's a problem for a lacrosse junkie like me. I could have cared less about that. And I think that's the main preface of it is because of that guy's attitude towards the national lacrosse league makes me not want to watch it. That, I mean, everybody that, that wants to hear my thoughts on it, go look like I tweeted about it as well. Like I'm, sure people have seen it but like go check it out if you want to i tweeted my thoughts but um that's kind of where i stand i did watch some of it um i still don't really think sixes is for me but my bigger issue with it is exactly that i have the the more and more that i've been like man when the pll first started i was just some some guy and i'm still just some guy but now i cover lacrosse a little bit more professionally than how i watched it before Um, so the longer that I've been doing this, the more stuff behind the scenes that you hear about and you see, and you find out and all that kind of stuff. And it seems like with each passing year, I get more and more frustrated with the way things are handled on the PLL side of things. And like nobody, I'm certainly not discounting that there's a lot of stuff that the NLL does where it makes me kind of rub my eyes and be like, "Uh, what, what are we doing here? But it's the disrespect, man, the pro lacrosse hall of fame. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Having a champion. I understand that you want to have something between the off season and, and the start of the regular season to have fans watching it, but to have this championship series 
in the middle of the NLL season when teams are making playoff pushes in, in the middle of just such an important time of the year for the NLL. He's the the all-time leading scorer in professional lacrosse too, Tino. So frustrating. Quick thought on sixes. When it first rolled out, I said, like, I want to give this some time to breathe. I want to digest a bit of it to, to see, like, I want to take my time before I actually make a decision on it one way or the other. And after, I think, watching enough of it, like I said, I didn't watch any of this, but, like, you know, I saw the highlights and stuff on, on Twitter and stuff, and I just, I know this is kind of the way of the future. And I, and I honestly, I believe this to be absolute fact. Like, all kids up to like grade seven, grade eight, this is what they should be playing sixes. But on the flip side of that, some real serious tweaks need to happen to make this game visually enjoyable to consume and watching guys kind of run up and down the the field here with no defense. And, you know, it's like a glorified game of shinny with unprotected goaltenders and massive nets and, like, you know, somebody will score a highlight real goal and there's no time to even show a replay or enjoy it because the ball's going back down the other way and it's already in the net. And I just, I think there's something there, like there, it's, it's there, but some serious tweaks need to happen in order for it to be consumable and enjoyable to watch. Like I said, like I cannot get enough lacrosse in my life and I'll pretty much watch any sport that is on television if I'm in front of one. But when it comes to sixes, I just, I I don't know what it is, man. I don't find it all that enjoyable to watch. It's just, for me, it's just too arcadey. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like too much of, like, uh, an extra game mode that you'd see in, like, NHL 2005. You know what I mean? It needs defense. It needs some defense. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, not to get way off track there here at core four. Yeah. You got to tell me who you got for Vegas uh, San, San Diego. Diego taking San Diego and I'm taking them for an eight. There's no way the seals are losing this outdoor game at home in the sun against Vegas. I hope they do because I have Vegas for a two. Oh, you're going so down this week. All right. I hope this is the week that I just skyrocket so far past. It might you. be. Uh, all right. A little bit later on, on Saturday, we have the rematch from week 13. The Georgia Swarm head on down to Albany to take on the Firewolves. Jake Elliott, who you got? Told you, not taking Albany. So that means I'm taking Georgia, and I'm taking Georgia for a seven. 20 to four the last time these two teams played Tino was just days ago. I don't know how you recover from that in less than a week. I don't think Jake Fox is going to quite be able to make up a 16 goal deficit. So give me Georgia for a seven. Yeah, I uh, I also have Georgia. They are my eight pick. So again, just a little extra boost mm. to get me farther than you in the standings. Okay. Love that for me. Um, same time on Saturday, we have Love that. Love that the Nighthawks taking on the Toronto Rock in Toronto, or I guess in uh, Hamilton, in the Hammer. Uh, Jake Elliott, who you got? Uh, we'll see if Dalek makes it back from his hacienda down there in Florida or not. I don't know. <laughs> I got I got JD on, on the Snapchat, and I don't want to give away the, the secrets of the, the big guy there, but he is having himself a time down there in, in Florida with his boy golfing they're in the pool they're doing other things 
he's having a time. And so I snapped him back of, you know, the snow falling and the wet and the cold. And I said, you know, I think I'd rather be in Florida right now, dude. But uh, I'm not betting against the Toronto Rock. Forget that noise, Tino. So give me the Rock for a four here against the Nighthawks. Uh, I got to say quickly, uh, the pylons, they heard the episode oh. with Dawick. Oh. They are fired up about it. Okay. Uh, and also, we just, uh, our playoff started this week. We had a bye through the first round because we uh, oh. finished first place. Oh. Humble brag. Yeah. Uh, one nothing series lead right now over whatever the name of the other team is that we played. Whatever. <laughs> Pay attention, Dawick. <laughs> Well, uh, we're, we're, we're getting into President's Cup talks and stuff, so uh, things are happening, Tino. Stay tuned, pylons. Stay Love tuned. that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to pick against him until this matchup <laughs> happens. So I'm going <laughs> Rochester for a three. Not helping your cause there. Not pylons are hot, baby. All right, two games left. Yeah, Saturday night as well. Saskatchewan heads down to Fort Worth to take on Panther City. Big one in the standings here, Jumbo. Mm. Who you got? Another one I, I really don't know, so I'm going to go to the coin. Five and four, Saskatchewan. Six and five, Panther City. Games in Fort Worth. But I, I think either team could easily win this game, and I don't want to hurt my brain, so I'm just going to let the coin decide here. Home team heads Panther City for a five. I also have Panther City. If they win this one against Saskatchewan with Colorado having, having a bye week, mm-hmm. this this could be a big one in the standings there. They could leapfrog the rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me Panther City for a four. Okay. And to wrap up the weekend, I guess, even though this is a Monday night in it? Philadelphia. Monday. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yep, pretty cool. We have The Rock heading down to Wells Fargo for the Wings' second game of the weekend. Jake Elliott, who you got? Yeah, you know, I just – Quickly, this game being on a Monday, I, I think is a cool opportunity for the National Cross League. Like everybody's kind of sitting at home on a Monday night at this time, right? It's after the weekend. You get off your first day of work. You just want to go home and chill. Boom! There's lacrosse on your TV on a Monday night. And I think it was Travis Cornwall a couple weeks ago. And I've been clamoring for Sunday lacrosse for a long time. I really feel like the N- the NLL needs to have a destination appointment viewing designated day time where you just know you turn it on. It's going to be there, whether it's Sunday night, Monday night, Friday night, whatever. I just think, you know what I'm talking Monday night football, Thursday night football, whatever it is. I just, and I think Travis said, as soon as the Super Bowl is over, the NLL should have a game every single Sunday. Because it's just sitting there wide open to grab. And and I love the tweet. I told Travis it might have been his greatest tweet ever <laughs> uh, with, with that take right there. So, anyways, I like I said, I'm not betting against Toronto. I'm just not going to do it. They're 8-2, and two, probably going to be 9-2 and two after Saturday. And Philadelphia has got a weird schedule playing on Saturday morning than Monday night. I know they're both at home, but... I don't care. I'm taking Toronto here for a six. Uh, I know I just said I'm not going to go with Toronto, but uh, just pretend I didn't say that starting now because I'm going to pick the Rock, and they're going to be my five pick to wrap up the week. So, so go go Toronto this weekend for one of your two games, okay, Jamie? Just <laughs> chill out the other game. <laughs> All right, there you go. Those are our picks for week 14. Don't forget to make yours as well. And if you're new to the podcast, you can still get in on the fun. Go to our Twitter account, at LaxClass. The link to the to the pool is right there. 
Search up who you got with two T's and uh, get in on the fun. You can still win weekly prizes for the rest of the season. You're probably not going to win the grand championship unless you just go perfect every single week. And even then, I don't think you're getting it done. So, but uh, not too late to, to join in the fun and win your weekly prize, just like Charlie Graham did this week. I want to thank Ryan Lee for stopping by the podcast. I want to thank our fabulous sponsor, Stampede Tack, Associated Labels and Packaging, Rycor Construction, Mitch Jones Realty, and Cool Bet Canada for their continued support here on the podcast. Support our sponsors. That's how you keep this podcast going. We got to get going right now, but we'll be back next week, every week, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. EP 225 is next. For Santino Ferra, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.